Hey guys, we had a little mix up today or last night, I should say, or two nights ago. Anyhow, my dumb butt edited and posted the wrong episode. So here is the latest recording that Matt and I did. And we got a little impromptu intro. Get over here. Welcome to Kilo. Okay. <laughs> you gotta get right here. Say it loud. Welcome to Kilo Chasers Podcast. There you go. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy. Like and comment, subscribe, and uh, give a little shout out to my daughter. This is she was a little nervous. <laughs> All right, here we go. How'd you feel today? In training, mm-hmm. um, I felt like I I was moving really well until I hit about a hundred, and then I think that I rushed it, and I didn't take like I, every time. You know, I was like, I'm such a routine person, and so it was like walk up, hit it, put it down, go sit down. Yeah. Um, this time I was walk up, hit it, put it down, and then you know, uh, I got right back up and did it again. I didn't really like sit down and and do that. And you know, not that that's a huge deal, but I think that routine will throw you off once you start getting up to that close to that hundred percent. And, you know, it felt really light. I just wasn't concentrating on it. And that's where I start to get a little, you know, when it's at a hundred percent, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, why am I missing this? Everything, everything before it was snappy was right there. I'm still moving really quickly. I'm just not locking it out. And so I think it's an up here thing more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I want to talk about today because we covered, I mean, we've kind of trying to transition to, into um, like from topic to topic or a base topic, I, I guess, but like right. efficiencies and whatnot. And like we've, we talk about, like I threw it up there on the Discord, and, and Theo came back with "Work smarter, not harder," which is yeah. the like that's the easy answer. Like for me, efficiencies yeah. kind of go uh, like what I what I really want to talk about is efficiencies in the lift and and how they translate per lifter and movement and how you can utilize them and how they affect your training throughout a cycle or like just your journey in general you know so um i know that i starting out because Mm -hmm. of my um because of my just general strength from work uh my 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 line of work like and my stupidity in that like um i was able to muscle through stuff and so my legs i i I made it 
I was able to lift more than I should have been able to because I was super efficient in my upper end and like I could I right. could pull under I could muscle through things. Yeah, um yeah. and so my efficiencies under the bar were a lot better than what they sh- necessarily could have been if my legs were up and my like lower back was better and my core and all that shit like I could have been I should have been lifting more and so like in one way it was good another way it was like it made me feel like I didn't need to work my squats as hard as I should have early on but yeah yeah I mean today you know every day I, I, I pay attention to that and and I was thinking about this today um, which was the aspect of like fucking with Damon mainly like, you know, he, he's always known to go really heavy. Right. Mm-hmm. So when he gets into that 85 to hundred percent, you know, he start you you can see him starting to break down. Yeah. And something I, I haven't told him yet, but I've, it was, it's been on my brain since I've, since I got home, which was dude, get good at 85% get really good at 85%. Mm-hmm. Then move to 95%, get really good. Like almost make and make 85% your 100%. Like yeah. In, in your brain, this is my 100%. Yeah. That's all I'm going to hit. Well, I think I, I I honestly think he needs to just like me, you know, actually probably all three of us um we need to reevaluate a baseline. And that's kind of what I was doing today. It was, um, I really wanted to see where I was at with like, not completely breaking down, like allowing one aspect of my, of my lift to break down and then call it. And that last snatch that I made was, I probably shouldn't have done that. I mean, but that was that basically set my max, which is really, really fucking frustrating because of where I feel like I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it allows me to now for the next four weeks, you know, or as much as I don't want to go for four weeks without adjusting my maxes, like, um, but I can base my percentages and my work off of that 85 kilo snatch that you know, looked better than 80, mm-hmm. felt better than 80. Yeah. Um, but there was little things about it that like, you know, I was still a little bit forward. Um, yeah. I didn't finish my first poll as much as I would have liked to and scooped a little more than I'm, I usually do. But mm-hmm. at, at the same time, I was really like in our discussions with, with, um, with Damon, we really focused on driving through the platform. And, and that's, the, that's one of the best things about working with Damon is and lifting with Damon is we get like in every pointer and every cue that we give him, it's a reminder to us. Yep. You know, so, um, yeah, uh, talk about that. Talk about working through, um, working through life problems. I mean, we probably talk about it every fucking time because it seems like the, the, the yeah. last week the last week for me has been absolute just a shit show and well the last two weeks um but now it's now we can actually start moving forward as much as i hate to have to do another car issue deal with it but at least i know what it is and it's not that bad it's way way easier to deal with than 
having the upper half of the fucking motor off. Yes, <clears throat> I would imagine so. I mean, <laughs> if if I had the upper half of, half of my engine off, I'd be probably freaking out, dude. So you held it together from my perspective. <laughs> so yeah. like, didn't seem part, like you were freaking out too much. <laughs> no, it's just just out of more frustration than anything. It's uh, like I did have one. Uh, we'll get into it. It's it's actually yeah. kind of funny. Okay. Um, so yeah, I guess we're gonna switch on over. Um, for those of you who are listening on the Discord, um, this is for you guys. This first whatever ten minutes or whatever was for you guys only, just to kind of have a, a window into the random stupid conversation that Matt and I have before we go live. Um, yeah. It's like for the rest it's, of you know, just priming, it's priming yeah. the conversation. The yeah. problem, the here, not the problem, but the thing is, is that like I had like ten more things to say about that, but I've got to bite my tongue a little. <laughs> I got to bite my tongue a little bit because I want to keep it for the show. But like yeah. these are the conversations that really spark a lot of what goes on the show. Yeah. So from now on, guys, uh, this is going to be more of a drive for um, involvement with the Discord and. If you guys have specific questions, um, we'll have, uh, you know, have a ask me anything segment on probably every, every show and, you know, we'll just, we'll go over some stuff and, and it, that might be before we'll always record this part, but sometimes we'll, we'll either do before or after the actual like show show, depending on how much, um, discussion we want to drop on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, we might actually try doing video to well we will be doing video yeah. um shortly so that'll be there will be special perks or just you know peaks and views into the podcast and what we are doing um that nobody else gets to see so like um it. yeah so if you've already signed up for the discord and are actually on the supporter side or the weightlifting collective side, thank you. Um, every little bit helps. Uh, every little bit helps a lot. So, yeah. All right. Without further ado, we are moving over to the regular show. So here we go. Hello and welcome to the Kilo Chasers podcast. I'm your host Eric Dahl. Along with me is Matt. Where? How we doing, sir? Doing well. It's been a rough day, but hey. <laughs> such is life and when you're a, a fan of nfl sports right <laughs> not just any not just any nfl team but the <laughs> niners who yeah. the last this their whole season's been oh god dude i yeah, can't even like, right now like i didn't realize like i knew that i knew that jimmy got taken out early yeah but i, did, I told like i I didn't even realize their second string got taken out and they've been riding like they won what eight games or something like that with their third string quarterback. Yeah. And he actually dude. the thing about him is he's 22. So he's the youngest dude on the field and he's, he was balling and yeah, he made some really like uh, a couple mistakes here and there throughout those nine or eight or nine wins. But like, I, I hope he comes back and he's our starter. To be honest with you, he was that he's he was the quarterback we needed because he wasn't afraid to throw in down down the field or, you know, in a bunch of like, you know, in the triple team, he's throwing the ball to the guy and the guy letting the receiver make the play. And and that's kind of cool. We've never had we haven't had that in a long time. 
Yeah, it seemed like Jimmy, what, like three years ago, what that was his second season. He's been he's been starter for four years, right? Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I watched um had some new friends that yeah, came came and went, but we hung out with them pretty extensively throughout the football season that year. Yeah. And so watched a bunch of games with them and um watched him kind of come into his own and and he you know, he did really well. He he was yeah. They were not to compare to Montana, but I mean, the kid had some swagger and he had some confidence and, you know, he's a good quarterback, but there's a lot to be said about just freaking trust in your arm and trust in your receivers to do their job. Yeah. And like it, it plays into like what I tell the girls in soccer, like don't like you have a position to play and you need to trust in your team that they're going to play their position. Yep. And if you're on the right side of the field, you stay on the right side of the field. If you're the quarterback, your job is to put it where the where the receiver is going to be and trust that he's going to be there. Now, if you, right. you know, if you overthrow him, then yeah, you fucked up. If you underthrow him, if, if if you just botch the pass, that's one thing. But if you know through practice, you know, these guys are practicing 5 days a week or whatever, 2 times a day, like they should know their route. The quarterback should know exactly where he's going to be and be able to make that decision and make that play and trust that the receiver is going to be where he's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, I mean, on an, especially on something like that, um, on an NFL team, these guys are the best of the best of the best. These the, the one percent percenters is what they call him. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Jimmy, he, he, the thing he has going for him is he's Mr. Consistent. Um, mm-hmm. And he was consistent. He could run the team. He could manage the clock, all that great. But he just, he was, he, he, you know, he, um, learned under Tom Brady. And so he would just, you know, check down, check down, check down five yards, check down, check down five yards. Like that's what he was really good at, but we needed somebody that could just throw down the field and had a little bit of balls and like, in lack of better term spunk, you know, like mm-hmm. it was just like, let's do this. And so that's, that's what Purdy brought. And unfortunately, like second series of the game today, he got taken out. So our fourth string quarterback came in and that was a debacle. And then he got hurt. And yeah, so it was, it, you know, I can't be mad at a bad luck game. And that's what that was. You know, yeah. we, we didn't, it's not like we got our, our butts kicked fair and square. We got our butts kicked with no quarterback. And, you know, it just goes to show you how important the quarterback is. Yeah. Well, I mean, being, having somebody that can lead the team and having some, yeah. somebody that the rest of the team believes in, Yes. You know, that's, that's so, so important. I mean, it's, it's, excuse me, comparatively to, to weightlifting, like our quarterback is whoever's running our cards. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's our job to prep up to that point, you know, as, as, as a running back, as a receiver, knowing the routes, knowing your positions, knowing, knowing where you're supposed to be. It's, it's a lot of the same. And you have to trust that your quarterback is going to put you in the best possible scenario for you to succeed. Right. And one of our good friends, Matthew Konar is a master at that. And, um, yeah, it's always, it's always, a good conversation with him when we start talking about that. And he, what's funny for him is he's just like any other like high level leader. Like he's just like, I don't know. I just do it. Yeah. Like it's like, I've, I've 
just I've drilled him with questions like how do you do it like what's your what's your he's like I don't know I just like I see it I I see the it's a game it's it's chess it's you know everything mm-hmm. every time it's different you know yeah. you, but you go in there with with a game plan and everything everything can change at a moment's notice and you just have to trust your lifter and trust your instincts and you know it's it's really cool to to know guys like that who else do we know that's that's really good at it aaron denny we were talking about aaron, aaron denny's today. great at it yeah you know yeah. um uh mark acosta is really good at it um kyle lee's really good at it kyle's great at it yeah you know um it it kind of takes like a no bullshit attitude of just like no this is what we're doing yeah and, you got to be decisive you got to be able to yeah. make decisions and one thing you said was, which was entirely key. And I've, I've actually heard Matthew talk about this, which is he has to be able to trust in his, his uh, weightlifter. He has mm-hmm. to be able to trust the athlete that if he wants to bump him up two more kilos, that that athlete's going to go out there and make it. And so yep. there's an aspect of that of like, you got to know your athlete. You can't just go run cards for somebody and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to set you up perfectly. You may be able to set them up, but it's not going to be perfectly because you don't know the athlete. And, and if you're not taking time to, you know, if you're going to be running cards for somebody, at least let, first of all, if you're going to ask somebody to run cards for you, you know, give them a couple weeks heads up and then talk about your training and, and where you're at. Let them see some video or, yeah. you know, in person because it makes yeah, a big you got difference. It you got to be able to share what your last four weeks, five weeks of training have been like, like how many misses you've had. Like that was, that was one of those things. Like Konar wanted, like he had a spreadsheet for every lifter he had that he was going to do cards for. And he knew over the last five to five to six weeks, how many misses they had at what weights and you know, how far apart they were, how, like if they were, you know, three misses in the same workout or three misses in the same week or whatever. And are at the same weight, all that stuff. You can't, you can't not have that knowledge when you're, when you're going up to the table like that. Right. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's really important. And he, he talks about that a lot, but, um, you know, I think just having a leader for any type of team, but for weightlifting, you need to have that person that you, um, that is, is, that you trust, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, I'm not going to say you're, I'm like trusting this person with my life, but in a way, like if I'm making, you know, $1,200 investment to, to travel and lodging and food and, um, you know, the whatever 12 week block before that, that I, that I just busted my ass and, and, you know, put my family aside for a couple of times. Like I need to be able to know that when I go to that meet, that that person that's going to be doing my cards, my coach, my the whoever, is going to be on point. They're going to know what I'm doing. They're going to know my weights. We're going to meet beforehand, um, and it, it's taken seriously. It's just like anything yeah. else, right? I mean, in your job, like if your boss doesn't know anything about you, you're probably not going to like like want to work for him. Yeah. In a way, right? I mean, yeah. No, I and that's that's you know when we talk about. I think, I think the, uh, when we talk about preparation, hold on, pause real quick. Got it. <laughs> Did she cut her hair? Yeah. Nice. Looks good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm coming around to it. 
<laughs> just like just got her like right before she cut her hair like a week before i just got her to like it like agree to grow her hair out yeah yeah that's and then like she's happen. like i'm gonna get my hair cut and they're only gonna trim a little bit off they took like six inches off of me oh, oh jesus yeah but anyway. uh yeah anyhow um we talk about um our coach, our, our, our back room guy running our cards and knowing us and knowing the preparation and us spending that, that, you know, eight to 12 weeks in between meets doing everything that we can. Um, the taper, if our coach doesn't give us the right taper, then, you know, that can screw us up too. Yeah. Um, I've seen over the last six months, a lot of our friends have sent me the tapers that they've gotten from different coaches. I mean, uh, Brendan Saltvik sent me his. Um, obviously, you sent me yours. Donald sent me his. Um, who else do we know that's on a different has a different coach? Uh, uh, John Douglas sent oh, yeah. me his, I believe. Um, there was somebody else. Um, well, we've seen but, Joe's, uh, Joe Beck. Oh yeah. Yeah. Joe Beck's his taper, you know, all, they're all pretty freaking solid. Um, and we've seen some that are, that are not, um, yeah. that are, they're very questionable in motives and, in, in, um, expectations. Um, and, and we've seen how they've worked, how they haven't worked. And it's, it's pretty interesting to me how, you know, um, five years ago when I started, like when I was researching tapers, like they were, they were talking about like four week tapers. I'm like, what the hell do you do for four freaking weeks? Like, that's like, I, I understand, (laughs) I understand kind of like peaking a little bit and then deloading and then going into your taper, you know, like I kind of get that, but that should be part of your program you shouldn't have an actual four-week taper so that always that never made sense to me and then like i've seen two-week tapers which kind of makes sense um if you're an older guy or girl and you have injuries and you have like limitations and stuff like that to kind of prep yourself a little bit more Mm -hmm. but you know the best taper that i've seen i i don't even know if you can get to it anymore um is it actually it might be might be in his book but john had a one week taper that it was hands down the the best thing yeah you know um worked every time you felt like the second day second to third day you felt like absolute trash like you were did not nothing was working nothing was going right and then the day after that felt a little bit better. The day after that felt like you felt like a million bucks. And, you know, the day before the meet, you felt 100% ready. There was no questioning any of it. Like, even when you felt like trash, you were like, okay, this makes sense. I'm just like, you got taper bug, whatever. And you could push through it. It wasn't terrible, but you just, you definitely knew that something was off. And real, realistically, it was mainly that your body was, a, you, you had fully adapted to this training Right. cycle and now this taper is throwing a hitch in it and you can't it 
in a couple days, it's really hard for your body to adjust. And it's amazing what you can adapt to and how quickly you can adapt to it. And I, I, I was always really impressed and really excited when we got to do those things yeah. for that particular taper, because it was always like, okay, yeah. All right. This is really hard. Tomorrow's going to be a little less hard. Yeah, I know. Gives you, you something know, to look the, forward to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, tomorrow we got mm-hmm. three singles at whatever, 80% or 75%. And it's like, well, we can either do this full, t- full workout, which is going to take 45 minutes with warm up or whatever, or we can shorten everything up, do a triple, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and hit the sauna and have an, yep. some extra recovery. And, you know, it's small things like that. And every time it just, it felt so freaking good. Um, what's your take on, it? I know you've, you've had a different, gone down a couple different roads of tapers. Um, what yeah. do you think? You know, um, first of all, I'm going to agree with you that one week taper is, uh, that's where I've done the best. Uh, the two week taper, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I think that the way my body works, a one week taper is, is just enough. Two weeks mm-hmm. is too much. It's almost like, uh, I was, when I, you know, you get through that first week and then, you know, on that Saturday you're hitting your openers <laughs> And my openers are going up real easy. And then I'm like, I'm, it almost, I'm, I don't like, you know, whatever, if you don't like the word peak, whatever, but it, it's almost like you're ready to go that day. And mm-hmm. like, so, um, my take on the whole taper thing is, is it absolutely necessary. I think that, um, depending on the lip, kind of lifter you are, your age and, oh, you know, how you can prepare and how your body recovers is going to be, you know, what you need. But with that said, your coach should know that. So Mm -hmm. it shouldn't just be like everybody on my team is a one week or everybody on my team is a two week. It's like, I think that we, it's, it's okay to do, um, you know, uh, grand, grand scheme, big picture, everybody does the same program, but then maybe we, we specify on the taper. That's where Mm -hmm. it gets individualized. And that's where it's like, okay, this athlete, you know, um, they, they, they struggle with the lockout. So let's really get them some, you know, 60%, 70%, maybe get them up to 80% where they're getting that confidence up and yep. they're locking out every time, yep. because I want them coming into this competition with the highest of confidence. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I kind of wonder, you know, we, we, we've chatted off and on over the last couple months about the, the, uh, AI, not, not weightlifting AI, but the, the open, oh, open GP, GP, GPT, GPT chat or something. I don't, I don't yeah. GP op, something. Open chat. Yeah. Whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Anyhow, like, and I know both of us have screwed around with looking at what it does for a weightlifting program and, um, Zach Tellender and Dylan Cooper did a workout a few days ago right. and posted it and they were they were they did the whole the whole thing and i watched the video on youtube today and it was pretty interesting and basically what they had was exactly the same thing that i got okay and and it was a bunch of triples all, up to like 85 percent or something like that yeah. Yeah. so um and basically, after the workout, they kind of did a review of it and how they felt about it. And they said they gave it like a, a five to six out of 10 as far as quality 
of program. Um, Basically, like that's a lot of volume. It's uh, 16 clean and jerks or whatever is what they had at up to 95% or 90% or it wasn't 95%. I think it was 85, 85 or 90%. So they were like, that is just not at that higher percentage. And that much volume is not a good thing. Um, And then like throwing in for their, their accessories for their cool down, there was like, you had the choice between single leg kettlebell deadlifts or straight straight leg single leg deadlifts back squats or kettlebell lunges and okay there's they were like that just them including or it them it including um back squats as an accessory um (laughs) was just threw them off so like just that alone like took points off or whatever but um i wonder if i might have to screw around with it after this and see if it'll do a taper because i know when i first posed the first question um and do it, it i had to get pretty specific on because it it w- didn't want to do it at first right. i was like write a weightlift olympic weightlifting one week program and then it gave me same bullshit excuse why it couldn't and it was basically <laughs> We need to know these very, it was actually not a bullshit excuse. Like it was a legitimate, like you need, we need to know age, uh, prior injuries, that kind of stuff, quality mm-hmm. of lifter. Mm-hmm. Like you really should have a coach to do this. Um, so I was like, oh, that's kind of intuitive. For an <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary. Um, it's a little weird that you know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was, it's, I imagine it's probably learned a lot over the last six months whenever mm-hmm. it launched. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole thing about AI is it learns as it goes. Um, so, but I, I really wonder if it would do a taper, like how, how quality of a taper it would be. Yeah. That's interesting because I, like you were saying that, um, you know, Dylan and Zach, they got the same thing as what you got when you, you know, typed it in. Um, I know you can get super specific with it. So I wonder if you put your numbers, your, your, your age and your weight in there, like if that will make the taper based off of, you know, a combination of multiple data uh, out there. And if that will actually do it right, we'll have, we'll have to play with that. I'm writing yeah. in it right now. Like write me a Bulgarian, <laughs> it's like write me a Bulgarian weightlifting program for one week. I'm going to see what it says. Because Max I wonder out. if you Max can, yeah, I know, out. I want to see Max if it out. says that, <laughs> but I mean, does it know what a Bulgarian is? And yeah, it's writing me one. Okay. There's a lot of triples <laughs> and it says, uh, so, so like Monday is snatch three sets of three reps, heavy clean and jerk, three sets of three reps, heavy front squats, three sets of three reps, heavy pull-ups. But, uh, see, it's not even Bulgarian because it has back squats in it. And it has you resting on Wednesday. That ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. So that, I mean, that kind of shows you like it's taking, and I know you can, you can actually like keep on refining the response until you get the one yeah. you want. But, yeah. you know, I mean, plain and simple, it'll write a program. Um, it may not be a great program. And if you're trying to compete, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the program. So. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> no. Um, it's definitely it's fun to try and if like you just want to throw it's throw a not a wrench but just a like a fun day and just see see what it does yeah you know um yeah. now one thing we we talked about it before we went live a little bit um 
efficiencies and you know kind of noticed it today training with damon um in how you move and what you're able to lift in relation to your overall like definite strength and by by what i mean by definite strength is your squat deadlift front squat um overhead press that kind of shit um and i know in bodybuilding and just weight training in general um with specificity you know welcomes adaptation and with adaptation because you become more efficient in your movement and once when you become more efficient in your movement you don't build as much muscle and that's why you have to go heavy um or you have to do a ton of reps to get the hypertrophy yep now in weightlifting it's a bit different um because with efficiency you're able to go heavier than what your overall strength is um but it's always confusing to me because I don't really understand like what's the precursor for efficiency. Um, I know if you're, you're really refined in your movements like that, that is how, how efficiency works. Yeah. But like how, if you're strong enough to be efficient, you should be strong enough to be efficient in like a back squat right unless you just don't really know how to back squat but you're really good at snatch or you're really good at clean jerk so like your overall strength doesn't necessarily matter and like um i'm saying like a lot um (laughs) uh not yeah uric verdanian he never like he got to a certain point granted he was one of very few masters of sport in russia if you don't know what that is, go and watch Weightlifting House's um, special or documentary docuseries thing on him because it's very informative on how he trained who he was and uh, how he became who he was. But he 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 and a lot of people believe like if you can front squat it, you can clean it. If you can clean it, you can jerk it. And so he once he got to the level of being an international competitor and being who we all know him as, he never back squatted. And hmm. he never front squatted more than he thought he needed to clean. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. if he was gonna front squat, he was going to that's how much he was he was gonna work up to what he was going to clean. And that that's that goes hand in hand with his efficiency and he knew for a fact he was going to be able to to yard it off the ground and rack it and he the way he worked his jerks he was a fanatic about it and he was so good at that movement that he had no question that he was going to make that jerk as long as he stood up to clean right you know um yeah and i think he had a really with his case he, I mean, he is, he has a foundation of strength, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was, he's a strong dude. Now I think for the normal average weightlifter now, and I'm going to throw something out at you and I want to see what you think about this, but like you were saying like, you know, I want to, you know, your new maxes is X, but you've, you've, you know, your lifetime PR, let's just say for numbers, say your new max is 90 kilos, but your lifetime PR is 112 in the snatch, right? So think about this, but you're, but yet you're struggling with 90. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
drop that down and make 85 your 100% get really good at 85. So 100% equals technique, but your 100% mm-hmm. percentage is what you, or 100% PR is what you're basing your percentages off of. Is that, does that kind of, do you understand that? Like, so if I get a, if I get a program, say Monday is like, okay, you're going to do triple uh, 60% of your snatch, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to base it off of 112 because that's my, that's my best snatch. And, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, I know that 95 is all I've been hitting for the past three weeks. So I'm going to, even though I know 60 or 95 is more than 60%, but I'm not going to go over 95. I'm going to get good at that 95. And I'm going to, I'm in my mind, it's going to be my hundred percent, even though I know I'm fully capable of lifting heavier, but in the game of efficiency, the whole idea is to get something done without, um, a lot of stuff around it. Right. So we want to, I want to work up to 95 kilos and and doubles and I want to hit them all. And I want to limit my misses. I don't want to have any misses. That's efficient. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if I'm working up to 95 and I have six, seven misses within that 95, that's not efficient. So what I'm saying is take, take the mindset that I can hit 112 kind of out of it and say, I'm going to hit 95. And it's, it's, it's a backwards way of looking at only focus on your minimums. Cause if you raise, I know we've all heard this, but if you raise your minimums, your maximums will be there when they need to be. Yeah. You still got to test them. You oh, yeah. still got to get out there and, and go and have max out days, but you don't have to do it every day. I think you get good at each increment, you know? Um, I, I've been playing around with it a little bit and like the month of November and December, um, I wouldn't lift over 90 kilos. I would mm-hmm. work up to 90 kilos and I would hit it and I would hit it up for a double. I would hit it for a single. And I think one time I hit it for a triple and I'd be done. And you know, if you hit something for a triple, you're like, <laughs> I could probably do a lot more right now for a single. Right. But I mm-hmm. made my goal 90 kilos for two months straight. And now you saw my 90 kilos today. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, was, it was nothing. It was- fucking ridiculous right and so now now and then now i'm moving it up to 95 for the next month or so 95 and and for the past three weeks at damon's like i've hit 95 95 95 and i'm going to keep doing that and so when i get consistency and efficiency so consistency comes before efficiency right consistent then you're efficient now i'm going to move and once i get uh consistent on 95 i'm going to move it up to 100 And then I'm going to keep on doing that, but I'm going to still in my program and my daily program, I'm going to keep my percentages at the 112. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think that. So what I, I, um, so what if your program calls you calls out for 95 or 90% of 112 which is more than 95 kilos? Is it? I think so. I thought it was like 90%. pretty sure what 90% of 112 is like 100 kilos ish. You might be right there. Um I don't go to I only go to 95. 
so that would be your max. That'd be my max. So that would that would be the only like caveat I would say is just like it would kind of throw a wrench in how you break down your, your percentages. percentages. Yeah. Um I would I would almost say like if you know that it would take a little work on the front end to figure like look at your program cuz most of us know what our programs are week to week. Um Right, right. Or I mean, for even further out, depending on who's your, who your coach is and who's doing your programming, yeah. um, but you could just figure out to say, oh, okay, well, this entire cycle, my biggest lift is going to be eighty five percent or ninety percent. So I know that I don't want to go any higher than ninety five. So what's what does that work out? What is ninety five ninety percent of? And then just set that as it, or and then that way you don't that, that way you don't have any guesswork. It's just you you know that this is all your percentages are going to based be based off of ninety five being your ninety percent, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, then, and I, that, you bring up a good point, and it, it sparked what I was doing. So I was keeping consistent to ninety kilos, right? Mm-hmm. So my empty bar to ninety kilos. I was like, I am not having any misses. Now, if it called for more, then I would take a crack at it. And if I missed it, I wasn't, I wasn't bummed about it. I was like, okay, I took my, you know, my, you know, my rule, it's three misses and I'm done. Mm -hmm. So if I get back, if I go take a crack at a hundred and I miss it three times, I'm done. I did that today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I hit 95. Perfect. Took two cracks at nine at a hundred. And I was like, nope, it's, it's just not there. And with me, it's not a strength thing. It's a mind and technique thing with other people, you know, like I think Konar said it best to the, it's, there's two categories of weightlifters. There's people that are really strong and have bad technique. And then there's people with uh, really good technique that aren't very strong. Yeah. And that, you know, and and then there's freaks and then there's just freaks that just can do whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Well, those are the, that's, so that's broken down. Like you have the elite lifters who have good technique and are also ridiculously strong. Right. And then, and then they're, they're the only thing holding them back is their efficiency and you can have good technique and not be efficient. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's perfectly acceptable thing to be Yeah. right. Um, and then you can have absolutely fucking terrible technique according to you know historical training logs and and coaches books and all that shit and like Mm -hmm. what what usaw teaches or what whatever standard your your coaching is coming coming from you know uh wow what's his first name uh robo marin right stanky leg Mm -hmm. like the guy is amazing i know but just <laughs> so cringeworthy to watch and he like he's he came out and got mad at seb <laughs> for the whole stanky leg oh, really? nickname I didn't, I didn't oh yeah <laughs> yeah and uh so you can have a guy like that who is obviously strong and obviously efficient in how he gets under the bar but it is just his technique is so questionable when it comes to the standards of coaching um (laughs) so you have those guys and then you and then you have the 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 remaining 
you know, 98%, 99.5% of the population of lifters that, like you said, have good technique and can't squat for shit right. or have terrible technique and can squat two and a half times their body weight. Like, <laughs> yes, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. Um, now going back to your, your plan for progression and getting through this, you know, the first three to six months of the year. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm just trying to find my baseline right now because I'm so out of whack. I'm so, uh, my consistency, the only consistency I have right now on training is Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that, that's yeah. it. And just yeah. trying to, you know, the garage is actually getting back to where I can do the things I need to do. Um, and f- car problems and everything else. We'll get into that later. But like my goal is training in some form, a minimum of four days a week. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm hitting three days a week with you guys and I'm going to 24 hour, one to two days a week, those one to two days a week going to 24 hour fitness, I am not doing the lifts. And if I do do them, it's not to any like anything in particular. It's just, oh, this, the the platform's open, so I might as well jump in and, and warm up to, or work up to a semi-heavy clean and jerk, right? right, right. Or, do, or squat and do some push presses or, you know, do something with the barbell and but the the bulk of my time there is going to be you know doing you know lay down hamstring curls um or leg quad extensions um working on my thoracic spine um upper body stuff barbell uh dumbbell stuff anything like this just takes me away from the platform a little bit mm-hmm. to get my just general fitness back to where I, I feel it needs to be because I've been so, I I've just been so out of it for so long. Um, with after, after the camp, I mean, we've talked about it a few times, just kind of being in la la land essentially and not knowing the trajectory of where I was going to go with training. Well, I mean, you know, give yourself some grace, obviously we know that, um, yeah. you know that, but like, uh, it's also a really weird time of year. I I've talked to multiple people and maybe it's just our Northwest region because it gets so cold and rainy and gross. And like as a garage lifter, it just adds that extra crappiness of working out in your garage. Like you gotta have heaters on, you know, two hours before I lift. And if I don't do that, I'm not going to make an excuse not to lift, but my lift is going to be a little bit different and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, there's a multiple excuses that you can come up with. But I've just always noticed no matter what, every year between the months of December and January, it's like December hits and I'm super motivated. About the middle of December hits, not motivated. And that lasts until about, yeah, and that exactly. And that lasts until about mid-January. And I'm starting to be like, okay, let's start this. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Let's get this back going. Okay. And, and you start to get this like routine and, and, you know, we've talked about it before with like you and I multiple times we've, you know, this time of the year is the best time of the year for us because we, we both kind of have that, like, okay, that excitement's back. Let's get on the platform. Let's lift. We're asking each other, are you lifting today? Are you lifting today? And when your partner asks if you're lifting today, you don't say no. 
<laughs> yeah, unless, unless you have a unless, damn good reason. Yeah, yeah. unless you have, well, unless you have I, a good reason. You know, and what we're what we're trying to build on the Discord is it helps with that too. You know, because most of the guys that are on there right now are are all garage lifters. Yep. You know, or or they're just they're solo lifters and they're going in like Donald, like Hawaiian Donald. He's out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, in a small podunk gym that just happens to have a barbell and bumper plates and you know the owner is gracious enough to let him throw weight around in there and make noise and and nobody bugs him right um but you know all these guys are coming together and they're posting videos and they're post the you know they're talking shit back and forth and they're saying hey we're going live at this time um and they're jumping on and it's it's really like i hope you know, it's, it's super young and, and it's a core group right now. And I, I hope that other people jump on and, and get a chance to be part of it. And, you know, it's not like, I don't expect it to like, like I've, I said to everybody that's called me about it. It's not a team. We're not a team. It's just, if you need some motivation, if you want to be part of a conversation, if somebody wants to call you out on something, that's what it's there for. Yep. Um, and having that a lot, like, you know, long distance, we got guys all across the country that are within, you know, relatively close to lifting the same weight, you know, to somebody else that's involved. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, there's opportunities to get challenged where you might not necessarily be challenged. And like you said, with the Pacific Northwest, it is really freaking hard to get motivated if you're not going into a barbell club. And you know, like not being able to open your garage and have the sun coming in of yeah. some level. Like today was great. I would have loved to lift today, except it was like 32 degrees out or 36 <laughs> or whatever. And up my little ravine that I live in, like it's even colder. I swear to God, it's colder by like five degrees to the rest of the world. When, when I left to pick you up, my car was reading 29 degrees. dude. It, I mean, Whoa. and they were saying the wind chill was making it a little bit colder. So, you know. Yeah. You know, something I did and, and I didn't do this purposely, but I saw it happen, um, in the moment is I rearranged my gym, <laughs> you know, yeah. I moved things around and I noticed that that first session that you came over after I did that was fire. Mm-hmm. And then the next session I did by myself, I turned up the music, bam, again, I was like, Ooh, that's two in a row. You know, yeah. like, okay, let's keep this moving. Yep. And so yep. now I'm like, okay, well, so changing things up in your garage gym, like that, that's like kind of that, that like, let's, let's spark something a little bit. Let's, let's move the platform. Let's, uh, you know, change up where our, our little couch is or whatever, you know, like yeah. bring, bring a refrigerator in there, but you know, stock it full of energy drinks. Hey, do what you want. Whatever, whatever you can do. Like I was it last year, I, a year and a half ago, something like that. I moved the garage around and I, fucking so mad at myself for doing it the way i did it like i know it needed to be done to some extent but it definitely did not go the way i wanted it to <laughs> it never um, really does i mean mine didn't know yeah but i mean it's a li- little changes help a lot yeah you know um but i i definitely felt it you know i mean i, I even usually I, i'll make a noise of some sort when i pick up the bar and i'm like oh okay Mm-hmm. This is, this is different. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a go time session where something's going to happen. Whether, I mean, it all might change when you hit 50, 60, 70 <laughs> kilos, but 
you know what I mean? But yeah. still that first, like when you're warming up and that barbell feels like 10 kilos instead of 20, mm-hmm. like something's going to happen. And it, and it might just be that you work up to, to 80% or 75% with no misses and everything's just snappy and crisp and fresh and, and just clean as hell and be happy with that. Yeah. Like there's, there's times, there's definitely times to utilize jumping on that session and like pushing your maximum, mm-hmm. you know, pushing your percentage to 95% or, or above. But there's also times to recognize that everything is good and crisp and clean and you hit that 75% and be perfectly happy with it. Correct. You know, and if it's, you know, we've, we've talked before about it. If you hit that 75% and it's perfectly clean, do it again. Yeah. Do it. And then do it again. Keep doing and it. Do it again. Yeah. You know, and, and work up a sweat Yeah. at that weight. Yeah. Like typically, you know, as, as weightlifters, most of the time, unless you, unless you're, you got a really good tempo going with your partner, most of the time we don't break a sweat. Right. You know, like, right. like we'll, we'll kind of break a sweat, but we won't be like, if it's cold out, we're not going to be dripping sweat just because we're, because what we have, even with warmups, what we have like 15 reps, yeah. 15 to 20 reps, if that at the snatch and the clean and jerk. So that's not that much in, in, in relation to everything else that's out there. Well, right, as far uh, as weight training, unless you come over to my house and I have my five heaters on in the gym, pointing <laughs> straight at the platform. <laughs> yeah, we all we're all like, we get, we get here and it's kind of cold, and we're like, okay, well, I'm gonna leave my sweats on. I'm gonna put my knee wraps on over my sweats. Then you're you're like committed with your sweats. Yep. You're like, fuck, it's hot. <laughs> what did I do to myself? Yeah, Damon. You already, like, like yeah. and you don't. Your joggers don't have zippers on on the legs, so you got you, your shoes are on. Your knee wraps are on. Like this is gonna. I'm gonna have to feel like completely disrobed just to get down to my shorts oh, yeah so, yeah it was like but, i'm regretting sweats right now <laughs> Your house. Yeah, sorry, bro. yeah but but you know what i mean like just yeah. it, it you know we, we we came up with the with the mentality of if if it's hot you know just roast it but right. i think having some interpretation to that term is important because if it's hot, yeah, roast it, but mm-hmm. r- just don't get it any close to the fire. You know, you, like most people are perfectly happy with a brown marshmallow. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> you know, like I, I like that. I, I, I don't, I don't want it to turn into a flaming turd that you got to ends up flinging across the fire into your sister's face. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I we're think- not here. We're not here to start a garbage fire. Yeah, <laughs> no, we are not. I think <laughs> you know, and you, that, that's such a great analogy, by the way. But if you're gonna roast it, don't roast it at the uh, at the expense of your your technique. Like, if it's hot, roast it, but keep your technique. And when your technique starts really breaking down, stop because it ain't hot anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if you off and fell in the fire, if you're making lifts, then that's I mean that that's the whole thing between ninety to one hundred percent your your technique is going to break down. Yes, and that's it's a fact, and that's why we push beyond ninety percent is to break down our technique and Correct. and break down those efficiencies, and that's where that's where gains are made is mm-hmm. in that that broken down efficiency, um, as far as strength is made and as far as mental toughness is made. However, 
if it breaks down to the point where you're missing and you can't make the correction or yeah then one if it immediately breaks down at 90 between 99 90 and 95% then you're uh you need to recalculate your maxes yeah and for one because if you can't make 90% by the third by the third attempt then your max is not a true max yeah i agree i I mean i'm just saying like like you should be able to the only lifts you should miss are with within three to five kilos of your lifetime pr yeah unless unless something is off Mm -hmm. and if something's off move on but if you're if you're missing between 90 and 95 percent of your max and that max was a fluke yeah like well, you, you should be able, you should be able to work up to, let's let's say, let's say the magic number for for a young lifter, right, is young not in age, young in lifting age, is for for most people at least is a hundred kilos, right? Right. You should be able to take ninety eight kilos without missing every day of the week. Yeah, that that makes sense. At least, at yeah. least twice a week. Yeah, and if you're missing 98 every time you work up to it, then you're not ready for 100 kilos. Correct. And it, once you make 100 kilos, if you're still missing 98, then 100 kilos was a fluke. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, uh, I mean, you heard me I, talk I, about I, this I, before. Like, if I'm not consistently hitting, like I, I was putting myself down what last year. Around July, like I was like, oh yeah, I've hit I've hit one ten like twice, and it, I don't look at it as my max. And you're like, no, that's your max. I've seen you hit it, but like at the same point, like it's still hard to believe if you're not consistent with the other percentages, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, and the the argument that can be made is, you know, I made my my best lift off the floor made is one hundred eight. And that was fucking forever ago, but I've had 110 overhead. I don't know how many times I've had 111 overhead. I don't know how many times 112 half a dozen times. I've made 110 off the blocks a couple of times. Like yep. you know, like I know that when I'm on, like when I'm in shape and I'm on, like that's that's where I'm supposed to be right now, and that's what I'm pushing past. Yeah. Now, if I was working up and i missed 105 i'm not going to one i'm not going to be like oh well that was just a fluke i'm i'm gonna work up right. i might throw a kilo on but right. if i do the same thing again then i'm done mm-hmm. now if i overcorrect, like let's say 105 went behind then yeah okay i'm going up right if 107 i completely miss like under pole don't finish whatever you know it goes out front then I will, depending on how it felt off the floor, if it felt like absolute shit show, then yeah, no, I'm not going, I'm not going to go again. And it's not a mental toughness thing. It's just that I'm 40 fucking years old and I still have to clean and jerk. I still have to squat. Yeah. And (laughs) yep. And so now if I miss behind again, then I'm going to take that weight again. And if I don't make it at that point, then I'm done. Now, if I catch it and I can't stand it up, then depending on 
how I didn't stand it up. If it was a stability thing, then I might try it again. If it's a strength thing and I get pinned, mm-hmm. then I don't get to go above 105 or 95% for like two weeks. Yeah. I, and, because yeah, I'm, yeah. So, I'm sorry, if you get pinned by a weight, this is something that Kyle got on me about. If you get pinned by a weight in the snatch, then you should not be allowed to get even close to anywhere close to that for a couple weeks. You need to be punished because that is shameful. Just saying. No, I think, and dude, everything, <laughs> everything we're talking about, and we consistently talk about these things on this show, is about having discipline. Like a good athlete has discipline. I can get out on this platform and I can yell and I can monster up, you know, as much as I want and miss as many times as I want, but yet keep putting weight on the bar. But that's not good discipline. That's, that's like showing that I, I really like the sport and I really want to hit these big weights. Cool. But I'm never going to hit it. I'm never going to excel and I'm never going to be an athlete if I don't have discipline any sport I've ever played. If you don't have a discipline, you're not showing um, any sort of uh, athleticism, in, in my opinion. Hot take. Hot take. The only time it's acceptable, only time it's acceptable to go two for six in a competition or one for three and one for three is if you win. Yeah. You better be podium if, for getting on that if, podium. No, 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 no. It does, podium say, spot doesn't you're count. You're saying goal. I'm saying that that it, the only time it's okay is if that one lift that you made in each movement puts you in gold. That's the only time that's acceptable. Wow. If not, if not, then you need to be reprimanded in some form or form or fashion by yourself or by your coach. And you need to reevaluate. Period. Re-evaluate now, if sure. you're if yeah. you're bombing out, you have to reevaluate the way you train because I'll tell you this right now: something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm sorry if and you're it's, bombing it, out consistently. It, can't do it. No, like I get it. If you have a life problem, if something came up, something yes. if something changed, right, and you and you end up bombing out. If there's a variable that you didn't plan for, then like. The last competition I did, I bombed out in the snatch. That was 100% on me because I didn't even think and to wear a mask during training. I did not prepare myself for that situation. And that is 100% on me. And I paid the price for it. Oops. Um, now, there's there's other things that you can, that you can you know, try to be prepared for. But your general preparation for a competition is making fucking lifts. Yep. So if you bomb out of the competition and you had had in the last four weeks, six weeks of training had, you know, say six weeks of training, you have 24 miss, right? That's Mm -hmm. four misses a week. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and if you're consistently doing them at the same weights and there hasn't been a, a alteration in your programming, then that needs to be addressed. That's not necessarily your fault. 
as long as you're following everything and you're and you're doing exactly what your coach is telling you to do, you're getting your nutrition right, you're sleeping, you're doing your, your recovery like you're supposed to, you're doing everything to a T, you're not going above and beyond, and you're still missing those lifts, then your coach needs to be addressing the issue, and that is not necessarily on you. Now, when it does come on you, and after that competition, and you go back and you're like, what the fuck happened? Right. And you evaluate your last six weeks or, or two months worth of training, you're like, this this hasn't changed. And then you go to your coach, you're like, Hey, this something's wrong with this. And their response could be, well, you must've done something wrong. And you'd say, well, no, here's my training log. This is what I've been doing. This is what I've been eating. This is, this is how I've been sleeping. I have all this shit. We have so much technology at our, at our fingertips. Now you can track anything and everything. Yep. Right. I mean, you can get a whoop, whoop strap and it tracks Everything you're doing, you can get the, if you're, if you spend a ton of money on a mattress, right? Your mattress will, it will track your sleep and how you're sleeping. Your phone, you can say, Hey, the, well, this is my phone record on how much time I, how much screen time I've had on my phone. So you can't blame it on my phone that I'm, I'm swiping for six hours a day. Right. Right. So if you have that information and your coach just says, well, we'll, we'll just stay on track and, and you know, we'll, will continue on just the way we've been doing then it's on you at that point then it becomes on you on whether or not you're going to stick with that coach yeah and in the first three four weeks of training after that bomb out if you're doing the same bullshit that you just you did six eight weeks prior to that to the bomb out then it's on you to find a new coach because yeah. one most likely that coach ain't going to change doesn't matter who it is Right. Especially if they have a pile of athletes, they're just going to be like, well, obviously we're not a good, hopefully, right. If they're a good person along with being a good coach, they're going to be like, okay, well, see you later. Like, sorry. I couldn't, sorry. I couldn't provide the things that you needed me to provide for you. Yep. Hope you have a successful career yeah, in weightlifting yeah. after this and good luck. You know, thanks for, thanks for having the trust in me. And I'm sorry that I couldn't fulfill your needs as an athlete. Yeah. Thanks for the thousand or two thousand dollars you've paid me over the last six months. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like that. And that's what it comes down to. And if, if you're going to you need to be able to step up and have the fortitude to make that change. And it's hard, but you make that change and you find a, a new coach because there's plenty of them out there um, and I'd go to them and say, hey, this is this is my issues. This is what I've seen for the last eight weeks or or six months, depending on how long you've been with your previous coach. And they'll be like, okay, well, this is what I see. And if you agree with them, then you take them for a ride and see how it works out. Yeah. You know, but again, it comes down to tracking your self being, um, being self-aware, being, being, um, what's being accountable to yourself. It's a good one, you know, and, and being honest and being true to yourself. And if you don't want to do that, if you just want to, you know, fuck off and, and miss a bunch of times and waste money and travel across the country and bomb out, then hang out with your buddies and have fun. Yeah. You know, um, two things to say to that. A, there's no such thing as a perfect team. Um, because I think athletes are different from athlete to athlete. So the team that is perfect for you is that's your perfect team, but there's no such thing as one team that is doing the right thing for everybody. Okay. It can't be. No, there's no such thing. Um, and then what was my other point? <laughs> Shoot. 
You didn't write it down. That's such a good point there. Um, Oh, yes. And I'm not the first one to say this. Um, But if if you bomb out at a meet and you go back and you say, okay, well, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm just working towards something. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your your mentality as a weightlifter is is broken. If you're okay with bombing out at a fucking meet. Bottom line. It is never okay. And listen, I bombed out at a meet and you know what I did? I tried to point fingers. And then but on by the time I got onto that plane ride home, I reevaluated and I said, "This is on me." I am the one that did not cut properly. I am the one that could have probably communicated with maybe with, with my coach properly, better or better. Or I am the one that could have made two to three steps. So I didn't go out on my clean and jerk on my first attempt, pull a fucking muscle and then have to pull out of the, con- of, the of the competition and feel like a complete asshole. Cause I, I'll tell you, I was, I, I felt like the biggest asshole on the team. To the point where I didn't even want to talk to anybody. I forced myself to go down there and watch the rest of it. But it was it was the most shitty feeling I've ever had because I'm like, I bombed out. I can't even I don't even want to talk to these people. I feel so embarrassed. I think that you gotta you gotta be humble. And you gotta have humility with yourself, just not with other not just with other people. And yeah, it's uh, it's okay to feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. Like it's it's part of it's part of the process, right? It's part of the grieving process that we that you go through when you fail. And you know, the the whole premise for this that that birthed this podcast um through PFRS is that. Yeah. Right? It's recovery. Mm-hmm. You got to recover from that failure. And understand that, and, and and understand that that failure is going to happen. Um, now you've one hundred percent learned from that, right? Yeah. And I came so, back, and I got stronger, and I got lifted more weights, and I worked harder, mm-hmm. and I got smarter, mm-hmm. and I started doing different things, and I started trying different things, and I didn't just sit there and say, "Well, I'm going to do the same thing, and uh, hopefully it works next time." Yeah. And say, oh, I, I got a bunch of, I've got medals in the past. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. No, you can't do that. The right? Past, the past no. is not real. We Something... talked about this last time. <laughs> <laughs> the past is not real, and the future hasn't happened yet. So Correct. why the fuck are you worrying about it? Yep. Why are you dwelling or worrying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. The only thing you can do is plan and then react, and and that's all you can do. Um. I th- I think that. I think that allowing yourself a, a good like lashing every once in a while from life. Yeah. And I mean that that's, that's the beauty of the sport. We talked about it last time yep. is there. It doesn't matter how well you prepared. It doesn't matter who's doing your cards, right? When it comes down to it, like it's you in front of three judges or, you know, 500 people watching, Mm-hmm. and that barbell yeah yep. you know and you have to it's it's mental fortitude it's it's emotional toughness it's you know just 
being able to push everything aside and battle that weight that only wants to be on the ground. Correct. And you're the only th- the, you're the only thing that is going to change that. <laughs> and that weight's the same every time, no matter what. Yeah. Just because it feels heavier this time doesn't mean it's actually heavier. Just because it feels lighter <laughs> the next time doesn't mean it's actually lighter. It's 100 kilos is 100 kilos. 50 yeah. kilos is 50 kilos, right? Yeah. Like, I, got, I, I bring friends over to the garage every once in a while, and, like, they either have snatched before or have done power cleans or power mm-hmm. snatches, you know, in, in high school or college. And they go to do a full snatch and they like these guys, these guys squat, you know, 405, 315, 405 or more. They bench between 275 and 400 pounds and deadlift, you know, equally up there, you know, four or five, 600 pounds. And when they go to snatch 60 kilos, 135 pounds, they're, they're like, they're, floundering right because that that 60 kilos at 135 pounds doesn't matter what you can do with it in other ways it's still that amount of weight and it's it's pretty amazing it's pretty cool to be to to get to do what we do and yeah it's fun but But, you know it is fun and it's hard and it's uh it's something we've earned you know i mean i I, even if you've lifted for a year i think you've still earned a, a certain amount of like I, I have the right to step on a platform. Mm-hmm. Anybody has the right to step on a platform. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that like, we have the right, we, we have earned it. We were, would put in the work and we can yeah. sit here and talk about the weight, the mentality of a late weightlifter. Cause we've been through it now. Ooh, ooh. I can't talk about the mentality of a freaking, uh, of a, uh, a welder. Cause I haven't been through that. I have no idea. I'm not going to go in there and start welding things. I'll tell you that right now. You know, I tell you what the thought process is very, 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 very short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> um, no, I just, I just, I just thought something popped up in my memory as you were talking about. Um, we've earned it. We've, we've spent the time we've, we've, you know, anybody basically that's that's put in any work on a platform has earned some way shape or form to to be there yep um but there's a oh it's not is it bro science um i can't remember the dude oh (laughs) his name's dom uh he hung it he he's one of uh bradley martin's friends on youtube okay you know who I'm talking about. I think I know uh, talking he about, he yeah. wrote the Swoley Bible. Yes. Um, that Bible. guy, he did a video about like cleaning the knurling on a barbell. He's yes. like, you can't clean the knurling. That's your lineage. That's <laughs> that's your heritage. Those that's your family down there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you that know what I mean? Awesome. <laughs> oh, like, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you never wash your platform. That's your that's your heritage. Those are your genes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I don't know. It just a funny, funny thought. I love that guy. He's starting to make like that. make yeah. make videos and stuff again. I haven't seen him pop up in a while. This guy's fucking hilarious. But, uh, it's uh, Dom Manzanetti. Manzanetti. Y- yep. Yeah. Yep. That guy. Yeah. 
He's awesome. He's too fucking funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, we're shit. We're at a, just over an hour. Cool. Um, see, you've been, you've been releasing a bunch of sessions, a bunch of recordings episodes lately. Yeah. So, um, if you have not listened, but you are listening to this, go listen to all the episodes you've missed of Mr. Ware. Max Effort Kitchen. Sh- sharing the uh chefy knowledge yeah yeah I, you know it's it's been fun i'm making a pretty good push at it and like i said it's it's the same thing in weightlifting there's a, a section of life that comes about in this time of year that it's just it's hard to be motivated and and uh luckily i i got some some steam and got some good people around me and uh you know it's it's good i mean it helps that i'm on here too you know what i mean yeah like this is great. This keeps me accountable for my other stuff. So it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. Sweet. Yeah. Listen. No, that's awesome, dude. Um, let's see. There's a new shirt. You have a new shirt out. I have a the, new shirt. Uh, out. What, <laughs> is it, can't, can't wait to get better at weightlifting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Damon Abbott yes. MEK shirt right there. Yeah. Um, we like to do uh, uh, athlete personalized shirts, and, and if I hear a quote that I like. Then I make a t-shirt out of it. So go check it, it out. Yep. It's 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 great. Support Matt, support MEK and his podcast and what he's doing on his end of things. Nice. Um, we just released a couple new shirts, the training specific um Kilo Chasers Weightlifting Collective t-shirts and sweatshirts. They're crew necks. Uh the sweatshirts are crew necks, and they are awesome. Yep. Now, just a little PSA. I am six one two hundred and I'm not going to say how light I am right now. Um, <laughs> uh, let's just say it. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm smaller than I usually am. Yeah. Um, but still I'm, I'm six, one, 200 plus 210 plus pounds. And I ordered ex- double extra large and it is the perfect size after nice. washing it. Nice. Um, I was able to lift in it today and it felt great. The sleeves didn't ride up. Um, my forearms are not necessarily large, but it, it hugged them nice and was comfortable and the, the sleeves didn't ride up or at all or anything like that, even on cleans. Um, great shirt. My wife loves hers. Um, for the girls out there, she's five, six, 125 ish pounds. And she, I got her a large and it fits a perfect. Nice. So, um, for all the ladies out there, grab one, um, they're on the page, kiloschasers.com. Um, t-shirts are up there. They are, like I said, they're a training shirt, so they're a little bit looser fitting. This one is a double XL as well, and it fits like a good training shirt. It's That's not a perfect. gym, a swoolly gym shirt. It's not a um, <laughs> it's not a Bella canvas perfect fit. I'm gonna yeah. wear it to the to a restaurant kind of thing. It's like I'm I'm wearing this to do work. Yeah. Um, so check those out. Check out the camp. It is live. There are spots available. Um, if you want any information, email us, um, edoll.doc51 at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, like, follow, subscribe. If you're listening to this and you like it at all, please <laughs> screenshot it and put it on your Instagram. Yeah. Screenshot and share. Tag us. Tell your friends about it. Um, yeah, it, any any uh, any help like that is much appreciated. What else we got? 
Oh, the Discord. We talked about it a little bit. There's uh, there's two levels of the Discord right now. There is the supporters um, level, and it's uh, four ninety nine or five ninety nine, something Something like like that. that. Yeah, you jump on, and we'll we're doing conversational stuff. Just be part of this conversation. We'll do ask me anything, um, things like that. And if you're part of that, then there is a portion of Matt and my, my Matt and my conversation that did not get released with the general podcast, and those will be released to the Discord. Yep. Um, the other level of the Discord is, I think, twenty five or thirty dollars, something like that, and that is the Weightlifting Collective. Um, we do group training sessions over video live cast and uh, just overall shit talking, and um, it's a it's a pretty cool environment to be part of. Yeah, um, I agree. So it's building, it's it's growing. We have a lot of people involved that are coaches or have been coaches, are world champion weightlifters, masters, world champion. We kind of have to put that in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, even if there was only two people in their session, yeah, I'm, even, kidding. Yeah, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but no, there's a lot of people on there and we help each other out. We're all, it's just a community guys. We're not a team. We're just a bunch Correct. of, bunch of people helping each other out and um, pushing each other to be better, not just weightlifters, but better people in general. And if you have any issues, we talk to each other, we help each other out. So as with the that CrossFitters said, would put it, we're a bunch of meatheads. No, yep. no, I almost forgot. I was I was gonna go down there the other day and, oh, and chat oh, him up. And... Yeah, no, he's a he's yeah. a cool dude. You actually should go chat him up. He was he would probably yeah. be down to hear about what you're doing. Yeah, all those guys down there, uh, that whole group down there were really fun. Like I I I, I was kind of surprised to hear that they were just like, oh, those guys just punch me heads. They were just but, fucking shit though. They were they're a good yeah. pe- they were good a good group of people. Um, but you yeah. know they're just being CrossFitters, right? <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah speaking of that i think hawaiian donald's doing crossfit again or talking about threatening it threatening it threatening He's trying to get down on it yeah threatening it yeah. i don't think he'll ever do it again no. <laughs> um, so. but you know we uh great conversation bud always and uh we will talk to you guys later have, have a good week have a good one